Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. Roxanne Hodge of the Authentic uh, Connection Movement and today on Authentic Living we have Peter Bombassi and it's my pleasure to talk to someone that's doing things in the world that even more so in this time we are needing and I think it's forcing us to talk about things that are dear to my heart. Um, so Pete thanks so much for taking the time to come on and, and spend some time with myself and, and uh, my following. Uh, Roxanne uh, great to be here honestly uh, just Listening to your introduction, I know it's going to be a great conversation. Awesome. So let me tell you a little bit about Pete and um, what he's done. Um, he is in the field of human connection, um, which is, uh, you know, it's it's so gratifying to hear that, um, you know, there's people out there other than people like myself that are on in the field of psychology and psychotherapy. And he's founder of the Genwell Project. Um, and it's dedicating to making the place, uh, the world a better place. And I will say that 2020 has brought so many things, but if anything, my hope is that has brought us uh, together a little bit more um, globally uh, to, to understand what's needed for connection in the world. What's uh, important that you know uh, with Pete is that he was, uh, he led the Movember uh, Men's Health um, Project between 2010 and 2015, where um, he brought awareness um, based on uh, men's health and they earned about 142 million dollars quite quite impressive nobody around does not know about movember so that, <laughs> what what an amazing thing right um so pizza i'm just going to ask you like i decided when i was 11 years old based on some things that were pretty uncertain in my life uh, back in the Caribbean that I I knew that I needed support when things were rough, a little bit rough at home with my parents and there was nobody to talk to that I wanted to make a difference and that's kind of where my whole concept of helping got got birthed yourself tell me what gets you to the point where you develop an organization um, like you have today to so start wherever you'd like Oh, Roxanne, it's such a big question, and uh, I'll do what I can to, to answer it as succinctly as possible. But I would say this, I spent 20 years uh, in the corporate space, most of it in the beverage alcohol industry, which I had an amazing time. But what I also recognized is that along with uh, uh, growing up, I'll say so, you know, even in high school, I had this concept for a, a blog that I want to write called The Race, where I feel like in high school, I was told you start the race now, and that race means that every day your goal is to get more, more status, more stuff, more money, more everything. And at the end of 20 years in the beverage alcohol industry, I had an opportunity uh, to, to work for Movember. And it, it was literally, I've always uh, donated my time and supported things. And so I was growing a mustache and raising the awareness for men's health and had the opportunity to meet the CEO. And when I left Molson, where I worked in the beer industry, he actually said, would you be interested in coming over and running Movember? At the time, I hadn't even thought of being in the charity space 
I hadn't thought about certainly selling mustaches for a living and certainly men's health, which was obviously relevant because I'm a, a guy. But that experience of spending five years waking up every day and understanding the impact that you can have on other people. And more importantly, I call this the dirty little secret, how great it makes you feel when you help other people uh, was the awakening that I needed to, hey, I need to do good in the world. And hopefully, you know, with the Genwell project, we are five years into this. I think people are just waking up to what you have known for a long time about the importance of human connection. And there was a lot, a few incidents along the way that inspired this. But I think it was that first taste of helping other people as part of a, what I'll say, a career step that really awoke, awoken my eyes to just how important it is to wake up every day and make a difference in the world. So in reference to human connection, we know that it's a basic need. I often say just, you know, like, just like we need oxygen and that we are mammals. Um, we, you know, we get stored for nine months with our, in our parents, our mom's womb. And then we, we come out in the world and the first space that we enter into becomes that, you know, we are helpless and then we need connection to these potentially whoever is our caregiver, mom or dad or whoever that is. And unfortunately, what happens, you know, is that not everybody and, you know, I wish I could sit across from you as I look at your T-shirt that says love um, to say that there's everybody in the world that feels love because sometimes that's not the case. And, you know, and that's when we kind of, you know, get dysregulation of the body, all those things. And people would end up seeing somebody like myself uh, to really um, oftentimes feel that connection to another human being. Um, so with yourself, with your Genwell project, tell me about how you promote connection. What do you do? What, what is it that you're doing out there in the world to, to create connection? Yeah, it's such a, such a great question. And obviously it is a human innate need. Maslow told us this back in 1943 as part of his hierarchy of needs, uh, you know, in, in many, you know, centuries ago when the caveman, you know, when our lives existed within a one kilometer radius, times have changed so dramatically now that we need to be educated on something. We've never been educated on this. In Canada, for example, you know, we had the food guide in 1942. We had participation in 1971. And now we need a human connection movement to educate people about the importance of human connection. And that's really what the basis for the Genwell project is, is we have a society who in the midst of a pandemic don't understand the importance of human connection as one of the uh, actions that we can all take. And I'm, I'm sure you know, Roxanne, three months ago, Massachusetts General Hospital came out with a new study, said that the single greatest preventative action that we can take to avoid depression is our good old social connection. It's not about going for a walk in nature, although exercise is still good, nature's beautiful, eating well, you know, that's wonderful, but that's not the, the single greatest thing we can do. It is social connection. And we need to spread this message with people. And even in the short term, if it's about social connection on a virtual using technology, it's a great supplement to the relationships that we will get back to uh, as we move forward. And as you say, if we were face to face, I would have already given you a big hug because that's what we need as human beings. So when you say, what do we do as Gen Well, the funny thing is it's no different than participation. 
you know, which was about exercise is the first and foremost thing in behavior change is that I need to educate people about the importance of human connection. Mm -hmm. So the first mission of the Genwell project is to educate people that now the research clearly shows it reduces anxiety and depression, increases empathy, compassion, resilience, strengthens our immune system and self-confidence, uh, increases our longevity. Uh, as, um, yeah, I guess those are the main ones. And then another recent study was actually uh, that there's a direct correlation between isolation and loneliness and type 2 diabetes. So whether we want to talk about physical health or mental health, the reality is we need to educate people on, on this information because without the knowledge we will continue to go back to the well that we've been educated on, which might be, I should eat more fruit and vegetables or I should go for a walk. And those are both really important. And so is sleep and slow is drinking water. And so is mindfulness. And those are all things that have slowly creeped into our lexicon over the last decade, but we still have never spoken about the importance of human connection. And the reason is, is that up until just a decade ago, it just happened. Because before the fast pace and the distraction of life, we used to see 10 kids on the street at all times. And mom and dad used to wash the car or cut the grass. And our fences weren't six feet high. And we didn't build bigger houses for smaller families and automatic garage doors. We are waking up to a world in which we are more disconnected than ever, layered on with a pandemic. And now is the time that we need to educate people first. And then post-pandemic, as we were doing before, we identified two weekends a year when we wanted to catalyze all Canadians and frankly, people around the world, because we want to inspire people to celebrate life and human connection, not because you have a mental health problem, not because you're old, not because you're addicted, not because you're struggling with this pressure or stress, but because we're all proactively engaging in human connection. We have to stop celebrating life after people die. We keep having these celebrations of life to celebrate the person after they're gone. How about we take a couple times a year when we all acknowledge that we should get connected, that we give people permission to do so, and we create a catalyst like what we called our Genwell weekends, one in May, one in September, where when we all participate on a positive action, we all know what we should do like we do on Canada Day and New Year's Day. We all know what we're supposed to do those days. And if we can actually catalyze people to take action, then I can get you to talk to your neighbor who 50% of Canadians don't know our next door neighbor's mm -hmm. name. 73% of people who went to the workplace were feeling disengaged. Maybe we can inspire all Canadians, whether it's at home, on their street, in their office, in their community, to reach out and get connected at least a couple times a year. You know, it's interesting because, um, you know, I end up talking about relationships all the time in my work, um, whether it's people at home or at, at, at in their work environments. And now, guess what? It's been collapsed into one. Mm. And, you know, what we know is that um, we're not reptiles and reptiles turn away when they're hurt. We're supposed to lean in to your point. And what I find as a, as a psychotherapist is that the one thing that I often do is I create a reparative connection for people that potentially have never experienced it before in their life. Mm -hmm. So people will say, you know, what is it that you do? And I say, sometimes I say nothing. And that individual is able to attune 
to my space. And, and, and when we train, obviously we go through all these things, Pete, where um, we learn to just sit there and really kind of tap into what the, you know, what our space is and in turn um, invisibly. And we know this in neuroscience is that we connect, even though you are, you and I have connected already just because we're both connectors. I can tell how, how quickly and easily we did it. But oftentimes most people haven't practiced that because they haven't experienced it. And it feels so unfortunate, but Within a 50 minute hour, if that's all I ever get with someone, someone, they walk away and they've at least connected or felt the presence of another human being. And I think going to back to what you said originally, when we started to talk, that's something that is, it's going away quickly. And, and we're just accepting, you know, you have to be independent, you don't need other people. But in fact, I think I truly believe that the reverse is necessary for us to heal. Yeah. Hey, there's no, no question. It, it, you know, I mentioned the physical barriers that we've created. What about the emotional barriers that we've created in creating such an individualistic society over the last 60 years? You know, since the second world, we've lived in the greatest growth era in the history of the world. And yet we have less connection than ever before. And then you throw technology on and whether it's the time that technology takes away from us, or it's the emotional burden that it puts on us because we're watching people live their human highlight reel curated, you know, not reality in most cases. But, you know, when I, I always like to say when I was a kid, the, my competitive set were the five people I could see out my front window and maybe <laughs> a few extra in my, my grade one class or grade five class. But today young people are coping with watching the world, the Kardashians, the Jenners, mm -hmm. every sports star, TV star, movie star, racing star, pick your, pick your genre, you're competing with them because it's there all day, 24 hours a day. And the social media firms are doing a great job at building those addictions because we are up against teams of social scientists who are working day and night trying to get us to spend more time on our technology because that's how they make money. And part of the Genwell Pro, we're not an anti-technology campaign either because Thank goodness we have it, because if we had to go through this pandemic without it, I would be truly f afraid of what would have happened already. We already know it's bad with technology. Imagine what it would have been without. But we're not anti-technology. What we want to do is give people the information that can help them make the healthy choices. You know what? If you understand what technology is doing to you and you now understand the importance of human connection, maybe you can carve out five more minutes today than yesterday. And maybe tomorrow it's 10. And maybe you can find more time to spend with somebody else. Because when we talk to other people, it puts all of our challenges in perspective. And when we talk to ourselves and we're inside our own heads, and you know this as a psychotherapist, we, aren't, we don't tend to be kind to ourselves. <laughs> and, uh, and so what we wanna do is inspire people to get connected because it'll almost work out itself if I can actually get you to get out of your own head, get out of your own house and get connected with other people. And get in your body, because I can tell you the one thing that I seem to speak or, or uh, deal with people on is, is just about, I would say that most of us, um, a lot of us unfortunately didn't have, you know, what we would call secure attachment, right? Where, but, you know, it can be learned. And that's a thing. If even if you didn't have the ideal situation where every, you know, you were meant to evolve into who you needed to be um, with, you know, mom and dad or whoever those your attachments were to be ideal, that at some point we, we all kind of grow into adulthood and we can learn these things. And I think that's what I love 
um, about the advancements in uh, neuroscience and psychology is now that we can prove it. Whereas before, when I started in the field 30 years ago, it was like, oh yeah, you're just gonna you know, be warm and fuzzy and you're gonna tell me well, how great I am and you're really not making any change. But now with the functional fMRIs, we can actually prove um, that we, there is shifts that occur when we, we actually treat someone. Whereas years and years ago, uh, people would be like, oh, well, good. You know, what's gonna change in anyone? And we were underestimating the impact that we were actually having by you know, being kind or by being gentle or teaching someone how to respond to an emotional need versus uh, kind of turning away. So I think we're coming along um, and, but like, to your point, we need bigger movements like yourself or even like mine, uh, which is the authentic connection movement, um, to really have people, um, recognize that we need each other to survive. We need and thrive. Hey, 100% Roxanne. And, and certainly a part of the motivation behind this movement is my own experience. I lost my dad as a kid, uh, to a heart attack and, and I felt lonely. I felt like I didn't have that support there. It took me 30 years to figure out what the impact of that was along my journey and recognizing the, the meaningful moments of my life where I didn't have a father there or a mentor there to be uh, that support network, to be that person to chat through some of the biggest challenges and, and, and experiences in our lives. Um, but I also, Nick, I also know that there's, you know, as you say, research going on all the time. I just finished the course at Yale, the science of well-being. And, uh, you know, even as simple as talking to a stranger and connecting with people, Nick Epley out of the University of Chicago was doing studies on the fact that, you know, I, I think he did it on a subway and they, they asked people going onto the subway, hey, would you mind connecting with somebody? And, you know, people's natural inclination is to say, no way. I'm not going to talk to somebody on a subway. <laughs> and then they do the survey afterwards and they say, well, how did you feel after it was done? And you're like, oh my God, that was the best ride. And we've all seen this in a cab. You get into a cab, you're like, I'm going to be quiet. And then you have a conversation. And by the end of it, you know where that person grew up. You've connected on a subject, you know, whether it's COVID, whether it's this, that, and the other. And so it's amazing how we have had the idea of social connection beaten out of us in our society you know, and, and in many different ways. But yet when we get the opportunity, and this is what we've seen on our GenWell weekends, when we catalyze people and when mm -hmm. people take action and they do it, they all come back wanting to do it again and they want to do it more often. So again, I really, I, I can't stress enough how important your work and our work is to actually get people to understand the facts. Because if they understand how important it is to their health and happiness, Man, I just think it's a natural inclination. We all go buy fruit and vegetables now, and most everybody talks about going for a run every day. Well, how about we talk about reaching out? And today's Blue Monday. Well, you know, we're interviewing on Blue Monday. Oh, which... exactly. I, I saw that really briefly. But you know, it's interesting. I give me my path coming here when I was 16, and uh, I went to University of Toronto, uh, but at the Arendelle campus. And I remember, you know, because I come from a small island. And everybody you say hello to, or their auntie or uncle on the street. And when people came to your door, like to your, your uh, front yard, and um, we would set out food, right? So if people didn't have food, of course, it's tropics and all of that. So I here I, I come from the small island. Yes, I traveled, never lived anywhere. And I'm talking to everybody, right? So I'm like, hi, good morning. How are you? Hi, good morning. How are you? And you, and you, know, you know this experience of the elevator, right? And then I'm like, 
after about three weeks of doing, I'm like, nobody looks at me. It's so sad. Nobody is saying hello back. And I guess I should stop too. Exactly. And then I was like, what is wrong? Because I grew up with, in a small village, um, you know, Diamond Village, and then I moved to a little city. But to remember, Trinidad is 1.3 million compared to, you know, Mississauga, Toronto at that time, even though it's grown immensely. But it was inherently cultural. I recognize that. And then you're right. What happens is then you start to step back because you're like, well, I'm bothering someone. And, you know, and if I go to Trinidad now, Pete, and I and I have to catch myself because I go into my North American ways and everybody's like, hi, how are you? How are you? And I'm like, whoa, oh, hi, because I'm I'm go going back because I've lived here most of my life compared to the Caribbean. So I think it's going back to you. Right. It's all those basics. Like when you start to recognize that we all have it in us and, you know, creating this weekends where you're like you said, you cross pollinate people and you you kind of say, I'm going to put you in that group <laughs> and you're not going to know anybody think about anybody. We all want to, to talk to people. But if we've not practiced that, it becomes harder to do. Yeah. And it's interesting, just following up on your question, when you say, what do you guys do? You know, initially when we were brainstorming, by the way, the, the background, the, the real catalyst was the summer blackout of 2003, mm -hmm. which you probably experienced when 50 million people on the Eastern seaboard went without power from anywhere right. from two to seven days. What did you do that night, Roxanne? Do you remember? God, I'm trying to remember. I think I had a two-year-old and I was probably home and I can't remember. I'm not, it's not, I'm not recalling. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's a great example because families with young kids just came home, came together, put on the candle. Maybe they had dinner together, which many of us weren't doing with our families. Maybe they played a board game as you were got a little older. You know, I was on a street in Toronto that night and at nine o'clock at night, I walked out on a busy street and the street was packed with people. And mm -hmm. I thought to myself, wow, Look what happens when we stop, when we actually wake up and we turn off all the distractions. And so that was the catalyst for the Genwell project was seeing what happens and seeing how much we crave human connection that we actually needed somebody to turn all the power off so we would actually make the time to get connected. And I can't go and get Ontario Hydro or all the hydro companies across the country to turn off the power simultaneously for a few hours, but we can create these occasions, these weekends when we identify, by the way, you know, we do the first weekend in May because suicide rates are highest in the springtime. Yes. Most people in the psychology space and in the mental health space think it's Christmas time mm -hmm. and it's not. And there's lots of different factors that go into it and seasonal transition we do the third week of September because we come off of our summer schedules and we're about to head into the colder, darker days of winter. And we want to catalyze people to connect, whether it's with their friends, family, neighbors, or colleagues, so that they have those healthy connection habits as they head into the darker, colder days, like we're experiencing right now, just with the added pressure of the pandemic. So if we can help people create those catalyzing moments, then we believe, and what the research has shown us, is that we can actually get people to, to make it more of a habit because we've got them started. And we don't host any events. And that was my point I was going to make is a lot of people said, so what do you do? And I, you know, me inviting you to a party with a million people with a band and, you know, balloons and all, that's not the relationship that's going to sustain itself. We want to get you connected with the people that you are either physically connected to, like your colleagues and your neighbors, 
or emotionally connected to, which is your family and your friends, you have a reason to want to see those people more often. And you will see those people. And now what I need to give you is that permission and that catalyst to actually to get you to take action. Because if 50% of Canadians don't know their next door neighbor's name in a time of crisis, it's not your friend in Vancouver or in London, England, who's going to help you. It's actually going to be that person right beside you that when you break your leg, falling down the stairs on a, on a snowy day, or if you have a heart attack or your child has a challenge, God forbid, it's going to be the people around us who can help us. And we need to start building those healthy connection habits before the crisis comes because COVID's just the first. There are right. many more coming. And what we need to do is start so. building those ha habits now. Yeah. So how could people get involved um, with uh, with your project? Like, because I, I I'm all in. I'm like, okay, ah, I we love need it. to do this. We need to do this because it's what I promote. And I often say, you know, um, and in my you know walks, which sometimes I think it, it creates a space within me. The only thing that I that keeps coming to me over and over again is that we can love. That's the one thing we have control over. So how is it that we can help and in any way to um, make people aware and um, when, when your next event is going to happen? If so first off, I just want to say thank you, Roxanne, because honestly, getting uh, people like yourself who get it, who understand it, and sharing it with your community is the greatest gift that you can give us. Because only by sharing this information with people who have trusted relationships will we start to spread this message. What people can do right now is they can head over to genwellproject.org and they can uh, check out what we've done. We've actually taken a pause right now. We've taken down our website. And part of the reason is because that website was originally built to uh, register people for our Genwell weekends. And what we want to come back with is a full hub of content and information to help people build healthy connection habits. In the meantime, we have a campaign up called Disconnected. And it's really about reflecting, A, after five years, even I felt disconnected because I was under the stress and pressure of getting content up every, every day. But just kind of putting it on pause and making sure that everybody recognizes just how disconnected we are. They can answer a question. They can leave us some comments of support or you know ideas that they might have for helping get people connected because we will be coming back. Uh, we have a team of people that are working on you know kind of the the best approach moving forward, including building a national network of organizations that are working to make the world a happier and healthier place. And I will say, since you're in Niagara Falls, that the mayor of Niagara Falls has been one of the greatest supporters of the human connection movement from a mayoral standpoint, uh, as has the mayor of Toronto and uh, the mayor of Victoria, the mayor of Edmonton. So a few of the mayors across this country have jumped in, but we need all the mayors. And we well, need- That's awesome. Jim's an amazing everybody. man. Yeah, yeah he, he honestly, he posted yeah. the most beautiful picture of himself and his family and mm -hmm. talked about human connection and encouraged the, the citizens of Niagara Falls to jump on board. And it was, it was, it was tremendous to have his support. So. Well, anything I can do, um, this is an amazing project and right. I will definitely make sure that uh, I promote it as much as I can. Thanks so much again for your time for, for everyone listening. Um, we need to stay connected. That's what, that's what the main element of our health is. So think through in your neighborhood and I challenge everybody listening 
to try to go knock on the door, do your social distancing and say hello and say, is there anything I can do to help you today? And, uh, you know, that it's all it takes is getting a little bit uncomfortable if you've never done it before. So reach out uh, to someone and whether if it's walking by someone and, and, you know, generally a lot of people look down now, which is unfortunate, uh, not connecting, smile and say hello. And if you're wanting more information on authentic uh, relationships, I've just launched a relationship course um, that will be uh, starting in two weeks. You can uh, check the link below. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxanderhajcom slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.